Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off system. Contactless is the word I was going for there. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Or Burger King, and if you're in Australia, Hungry Jack's, HJ's, as we used to say in Adelaide. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BIRDS. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BIRDS. Don't forget, that's code BIRDS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf and Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Zach Berman. Zach, how are you? Probably how Mike Grove felt when he was going to that first press conference and all the questions <laughs> were about how great a coordinator Frank Reich was. Um, you know? That is as buttering up as you could possibly get. No, I, I look forward to talking about the Eagles, too. But, uh... <laughs> okay, this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Monday Late afternoon, early evening, happy hour-ish edition of Birds with Friends. I am employee number two, joined by employee number three with employee number, I guess, five uh, producing, if we count uh, former producer uh, Kent, who I guess did earn his name. He can say, We can say his name because he doesn't have to prove anything anymore since he's no longer with the organization. Is that fair? Number four? Three, I'm all confused. At some point, can we just introduce our uh, ourselves by by name, or are we going with the Joe Judge jokes throughout the uh, whole summer? Good question. Uh, maybe we start moving on to uh, actually maybe Joe Judge his antics at practice today were a tribute to Birds with Friends because what happened apparently, according to reports, was that they were scheduled for you know what, however long a two hour practice or something like that. And then he got everybody in the middle, yelled at them, and made practice go longer, which is sort of like a Birds with Friends episode that's scheduled to go for an hour and ends up going about an hour 45. Have been there before. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, so we have some practice to talk about. It was a pretty uh, competitive practice today at the Novacare Complex. Zach has just re- filed his observations. May not be going up right away because of the uh, Brett Brown news, which you broke to me. I didn't even see it. When did it happen? Late in the four o'clock hour, right before five o'clock, uh, 
ESPN first reported it, and then it was it was confirmed by uh, multiple other outlets, including the Athletic. Derek Bodner has a good piece up right now. I was looking at it right before the show, so highly recommend it. Okay, obviously check that out, and I'm sure that Derek and Handsome Rich will have you uh, covered from all angles about the tire fire that is the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, on the show, we will talk about what we saw at practice today, and then we want to get into the nitty-gritty of the roster crunch, the rooster crunch, as we say on Birds with Friends. And we're going to talk about the the most difficult decisions that are facing the Eagles, the tough kookaberas, kookaberas, I would say, uh, for uh, the team. As I went through the roster before, Zach, and we can get to this after we talk about practice, I think there are 48 locks and there are five spots that are open on the Eagles roster. So we'll uh, we'll get to that. That's a little and, tease for you. And I am I'm going to give you some some credit here. You say that as the defending champion of the Eagles beat writers uh roster competition, 53 man uh, competition. So Well, thank you for taking a whiff. That uh, comes with me. some credibility when you when you do identify the players you identify as locks. That's right. I've got the championship belt over my shoulder here and uh, I would be surprised if there are any listeners who aren't already aware of that fact, as I like to bring it up quite often. Have you, I was going to say, have you ever mentioned it before? <laughs> yes. Uh, which that means that uh, I am now in charge of pulling together the uh, competition, right? I believe so, which is a little harder to do when we're not sharing the room. Yeah, I think those are the rules. Now, that's, now, that, you, now that I think about it, that gives me the opportunity to you know, have some chicanery and basically just only send the email an invitation to people who I know are not going to win. <laughs> and then I can still say I won the competition. I'm curious which writers you identify yeah. as. Well, you know, well, John McMullen, uh, I believe, was the champion the year before and only lost last year on a practice squad uh, tiebreaker. And I think Jimmy Kemsky lost uh, on the practice squad tiebreaker. So their emails will be will be lost in the ether, I think. There you go. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about practice today, Zach. What were your what were your big takeaways? Yeah, so one of the uh, the the most interesting, or I, I was about to say exciting. I, I don't know if it's necessarily exciting, but noteworthy plays that occurred. It was right in front of us uh, during one on ones, the mm. wide receivers versus the corners, Jalen Rager versus Darius Slay, and uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, beat Slay on on the route. Slay thought someone shouted from the sideline back shoulder. So Slay was playing back shoulder, and Rager got the step on him. And as as Slay said when we spoke to him after practice, it was a great catch by Rager with his fingertips. I thought it was a really nice throw by Carson Wentz downfield. And the reason I mentioned that downfield part is because the Eagles haven't really gone deep that often in team drills. So I, I think really these one-on-ones are where we see most of the field-stretching ability. And uh, in Rager's case, going up against uh, an all-pro or Pro Bowl caliber cornerback, uh, I, I thought that was an encouraging rep by him. I'd like to watch the tape on that one to see if Darius Slay actually did like hesitate for a moment because he thought it was back shoulder or if that is just an excuse he's making because he got beat deep by the rookie. Well, it happened right away. So I know if it was an excuse, it's a but very, he's a veteran like, for a reason. He knows <laughs> to come up with excuses. True. Now, the thing I'm curious about, did he think like one of us shouted back? Right, did he think yeah. a teammate because he looked to the to like where we were standing. I mean, when I say we, I mean the reporters and he was saying back shoulder. 
as as if like someone said back shoulder and uh, then when we spoke to him after practice he he said he heard back shoulder so he was playing back shoulder but let's uh, go ahead no but i was going to say in any event that was a a nice catch by Rager. And of course it answers the question from early 2017 as to whether Carson Wentz can throw the deep ball. <laughs> yes. Remember that yeah. discussion. Yes. Um uh let's talk about Slay for a second because that was a kind of a fun conference call we had with him, Zoom conference call. He said a couple of things that I thought were very funny. Uh namely like he was talking about uh the advice he gave Avante Maddox when Avante Maddox got drafted and then like was DMing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, I gave him some great advice. And then he said, um, he's doing a great job of being a, a leader for all the guys in the secondary. Like he's, he's really gassing himself up as yes, to how, yes, yes. how well he's doing these things. <laughs> Not just like I'm a good player, but like, I'm doing a great job as a leader. I was giving great advice. Like, yes. good, good for he you. Answers, uh, he always answers everyone's DMs. He says, yes. If, well, if they're players, if, yeah. If they're then, he, players, then he was yes. careful to uh, yes. to qualify that. Yeah, yes. not, not all DMs are open for Darius Slay. Yes. Um, and what there was one other thing he said that was along those lines of just like really gassing himself up. Oh, oh, it was like you know I like to have a smile on my face because you know you never know what anybody's going through, and you know my smile will brighten up their day. Which is, I I think, a very nice sentiment. I don't think there's there's anything wrong with that. Generally speaking, or. I would say more than generally speaking, I, I like being around people who who are smiling, who are happy. Would you agree with that? Uh, <laughs> no. No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I mean, it depends. It depends if it's like like genuinely happy or if it's like, you know, mo- like uh, fake happy. I don't need someone who's trying to convince themselves that they're happy. You know, it's not a time I, to be happy. I think I think in enthusiasm is is a uh, it's a contagious trait. I think so, it can also be grading. <laughs> well, then I I suppose I can be grading sometimes because uh, no I, no no that's that's enthusiasm. That's different than like you've got like a, a like a smile and a pep on your step and you're like, how you doing? What's going on? Great <laughs> to see you. What about this weather? Isn't it fantastic? Well, the alternative though is like someone who's just complaining about everything. Yeah, That's I don't want that either. I don't want that. I either. want someone who calls it like yeah. they see it. If you're if you're happy yeah. for a reason, <laughs> okay, like that's good. I don't want you. Sure. I don't want you to be like happy as a way of life. All right, well, well, we will disagree there, but but that's a a different conversation. Not <laughs> not one that has to do with today's practice. No, let's talk. Let's let's dive into this. <laughs> uh, the, the, I think. Well, I mean, I I. Agree, you don't want someone who's like cheering about something that you know is 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 tone deaf to the moment. You certainly don't want that. I mean, you you need to read the room to a certain extent. But it's it's like the conversation that we had a year ago now, or a few, yeah, I, I believe a year ago when I was talking about being the thermostat or the thermometer. Mm. You know, uh, and I, I I think there is something to be said about someone. Who uh, who who has a good attitude? Who's who's um, generally like positive to be around, happy to be around? That's the, that's that's not to say that you have blinders on about reality, but oftentimes you know it's 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 how you react to a situation that is going to dictate. 
Yeah, just a little self and social awareness is really all I'm asking for. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. In any event, <laughs> practice today. Uh, yeah. So, so that and that slight conference call too was was a good one. It was good. And then afterwards, we found out about his uh, his wife's delicious banana pudding. Which I I like banana pudding, so I yeah I don't know. of course I don't think I'll, I'll I'm in on a banana ever pudding. get some of that, but I I'm a fan of banana pudding. I saw then that um uh, my mother in law makes good banana pudding. Oh yeah, yes. Uh well after I I tweeted shout out that to thing Jody out, the, then the Kel Roby shout out to Jody delicious banana pudding. Um who should have she should have a, a banana pudding off with Darius Slay's wife. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think we could live stream that maybe we could do it right after um. Elliot, uh, you know, fans against Jack Fritz tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see your reaction to that one. Um, yeah, well, apparently it is like a, it is a famous banana pudding, I guess, because uh, Devon Kennard, former Lions teammate, dropped in as a response that uh, he, he misses that banana pudding. So there you go. Not just not just a one time deal for the Slays. Well said. You think they? You think how often do you think they use that as a verb? Like, oh man, I'm gonna slay this banana pudding. <laughs> uh, bring that up the next conference call. I, I think he would have fun with that question. He he likes to be so. Uh, I think was it you who who called him Darius and he didn't like that. He wanted yeah, to be called he said, slay. He wants to be called slay. Yeah. yeah so uh, Dave Spadaro had had said on his podcast that slay wants to be called either big play or slay. Um, mm. So. You heard, now you more, heard you heard that while you were biking. I'm assuming. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I'd be more comfortable probably calling him Slay than Big Play. Yeah, you, know, you can't I, just be like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, Big Play, why'd you get dusted by Jalen Rager on that?" If I didn't call, if I didn't call Halapulavati Big V, I'm not going to call Darius yeah. Big Play. Yes. Did you call him uh, 24? I don't mind calling him Slay. I mean, I, okay. I, I going with the last name. That's that's. I think we in yeah. I mean, I think co- we just don't high uh, school. We did that with everyone, basically, name, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay. What else? Uh, what else from that session? That was a pretty good yeah. session of one on ones. Uh, I thought Quez Watkins yes. was looking good. Yeah, Quez Watkins beat Nikel Roby Coleman uh, on it was a stutter and go play, and Roby Coleman actually we spoke to him afterwards as well, conveniently timed. And uh, and actually, you helped him out. He confused yes. Watkins with Hightower, and he was saying how number eighty beat him in practice today, and and he didn't expect. And he it. said he thought it was high. It was he thinks his last name's Hightower, but yeah. but you knew. I I assumed that he meant Quez because first of all because he said eighty, but then he confirmed it when he said at practice today because today. Hightower, Hightower did not practice, practice today. Yes. Ill Hightower and Anthony Rush both uh, a second day in a row of the illness designation. Something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on, correct? Uh, well, well, yeah. Well, anyway, I I just want to add this while we're on the topic of of illness uh, designation, a dose of positive news. I, I I know you don't enjoy positive news. No, that but, is. Um, I didn't say I but, don't enjoy positive news. But I I have this email in my mailbox from the NFL NFL COVID nineteen monitoring test results, and during uh from 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 August twelfth to August twentieth. 58,397 tests were administered to 8,573 players and personnel. There were zero positive tests among players and six confirmed cases among other personnel. But uh, when you think about the amount of tests there are and the amount of players that there are, to have zero tests 
or to have to have zero positive tests from August 12th to August 20th, I think is a credit to the players. Um, first off, because as we've discussed ad nauseum, it's it's incumbent upon them to act responsibly, to act with uh, you know, to act with with vigilance. And there have been cases of players not doing that, but fortunately, uh, players have been able to stay healthy during this period. And I hope it's a sign of things to come. I think that's well said. Uh, anything else from the though, that one-on-one session that uh, we were privy to? Uh, those were really the, the the two big highlights. I'm looking in front of me here, and I I have it play by play. But you know we don't need um, 84 on 31 or uh, three on 29. Um, so three on 29 was incomplete. Three Man- is, is Bailey. Up, yeah. Yes, uh, uh, Michael Jaquette had a strip after he allowed a catch, and mm. Marquand Manuel was uh, yes, yeah. I, I, he said, "I can fix, before. I can fix the other stuff. That's the that's the stuff, the good stuff." Yes, uh, I should have put that in the uh, in the observations, but he got uh, those long arms now. Yes, long levers are strong levers. That's a, that's an old Chip Kelly expression. That's correct. Um, oh, and then uh, uh, Jalen Hurts threw a real nice ball to Travis Fulgham down the yes. sideline. Yeah, nice I, Travis Fulgham is not bad. I, it did, it did, it has uh, struck me like the it is true that the the depth of the wide receivers in camp is uh, much better than it has been in years past. Like uh, like Deontay Burnett and Marcus Green are probably not going to make the team. Right? They could mm-hmm. both be on the practice squad, but those guys are both far and away better than what was like at the bottom of the roster. Like, you know, you're trotting, you're, you're trotting Carlton Agadosi out there, uh, at the end of camp last year, like Travis Fulgham is miles better than Carlton Agadosi. Well, I think the top of the depth chart was, was better last year though. Well, you thought that, but didn't turn out mean, so well. No, well, they all got hurt too. Well, cause they were old. <laughs> true. True. Except for Nelson Aguilar, who didn't get hurt and just stunk, lost his confidence. Yes. <laughs> well, he, he needed you to be in his in his uh, face every morning, happy with the day, telling him he had a sixty <laughs> catch season once. Uh, no, that's certainly not not my role. That's where it comes in, uh, not being blind to the situation. And I, you know I what think else you have might be honest about what was happening. And you know what else might here. be true. What's that? For the first time th- since 2017, they have a professional uh, coaching the position of wide receivers. They have yes. they have some competence yes. in that room. Yeah. So you weren't a Gunter fan. <laughs> now you want to talk about a guy who's 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 really his only game plan is to just be uh, positive and gassing people up. <laughs> the freaks, right? Yeah. 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 I think we've come a long ways from the freaks. So you know, shout out to Aaron Moorhead. Um. Okay. Uh, so we had that. We had uh, we had some team sessions. We had uh, we had a weird thing at the end of practice, which I've never seen before, where yes. they went from a padded practice to a non-padded practice. Doug told everybody to take their pads off, which uh, for a brief second I thought he said take your pants off, which would have been a different practice uh, <laughs> entirely. And uh, we'll get to manscaped later in the show. <laughs> but uh, then he he walked. Your ear is 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 trained for interesting expressions during practice. That's right. And then he uh, came over to us and said uh, he mimicked uh, tweeting and he said they're getting soft. We're we're getting soft. Tweet that. So <laughs> he knows he knows that somewhere out there Joe Judge is ready to uh, headbutt a uh, brick wall 
and prove prove his mettle to the team who only thinks that he is a sociopath and wants to get out of there. What do you think that the Giants are not taking their pads off at the hour thirty eight minute mark in practice? No, I think the Giants are putting their pads on uh, when Joe Judge shows up at their uh, at their hotel rooms at you know six thirty in the morning for an Oklahoma drill in the hallway. Now, for for full disclosure, I wouldn't even say full disclosure, but for a little balance here, when when Doug started in two thousand sixteen, he made a point in that first practice to be. Uh, to have tougher, longer, more physical practices than those players were accustomed to. Um, and that was deliberate on his part. Now, I think he went about it a little differently, and and I think that, you know, the... the um, I, I'm, I'm not in New York, so I'm, I'm, I'm only reading reports, but that was a big emphasis from Doug, was was to have hitting back at practice, was, was, was to have more physical practices than what the Eagles had been accustomed to under Chip Kelly. Okay. So sometimes that's a new coach thing. Is, is, yeah, is my I point, think that's you know? true. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if – I don't know what Joe Judge will do if he gets to year five. Then again, uh, if you look at Doug Peterson, he went seven and nine, then won the Super Bowl the next year. So whatever he was doing worked. I don't think what Joe Judge is doing is going to work. No. Yeah, give me give me uh, the under on any line I can get related to the Giants, how long Joe Judge is going to be their head coach, uh, really anything. See, Joe Judge is a Philly guy, though, so I, I do have a soft spot for Philly guys. Well, Joe, but didn't Joe Judge, like, he, he got beaten out by Kevin yeah, Stefanski he, for that he, job, he, right? He lost, yeah, uh, Kevin Stefanski won the, and then he the job as a freshman quarterback, and then he transferred to the So, li- I mean, what is going on here? Because can you imagine what Joe Judge's <laughs> response would be to young Joe Judge losing a job and then transferring out because he's too scared of competition? What is that? Go out and win a job, Joe. I think he wanted to play quarterback. I, I mean, well, I, guess I, what? <laughs> Go beat the man in front of you. Don't shy away from competition. That like this whole his entire life is is a reflection of that single moment when he was too scared to go out and beat the guy in front of him. Uh, don't I, and now I, he's I, projecting on everyone else about how they're not tough enough when he's the one who wasn't tough enough. <laughs> look, look, we don't need this to devolve into a Joe Judge uh, St. Joe's we, prep I think podcast we have here. The full psychology but, of Joe Judge's entire no. existence boiled down to that single moment. But I, I will say, I, I I I do like Kevin Stefanski. I like Stefanski, I think, yeah. from a distance. I don't, I don't know him well enough. Seems, a, seems at least to have uh, you know, a human brain on his shoulders. Penn football right there. Yeah, well, we know how we know how well they did. When he was there, they they, they did well. Okay, well. Yeah. That was before they Brian Flynn was at yeah, Princeton. They weren't, they weren't yeah. going up against fast vertical steps yes. from the Princeton Tigers offense. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I, I thought in practice today too, and, and this is in the observation. Um, and I'm, I'm curious your opinion on this. Uh, it was a it was a good day from the linebackers, in particular. Duke Riley had an interception, had a sack on the first series in team drills. Uh, and T.J. Edwards had an interception yeah, too. Yeah, T.J. Edwards had an interception, and that's an interesting. His was really uh, nice. Competition. T.J. Yeah, Edwards' re- interception was much nicer. Not to take away from Duke Riley, we know how I stand. Uh, but the Duke Riley one was like an overthrow that he was in the right position. Credit to him for being in the right position. TJ Edwards had to like go up and get his ball. But both leaping interceptions. I'm not sure that Riley's was leaping. You think it was leaping? I thought it was leaping. Was it okay. not leaping? I wrote leaping. If I, I 
could be wrong. But Leaping I lizards? Did you guys have that growing up? No. Leaping no, lizards? No. No, That's, but there was no. a Seinfeld episode with Leaping Larry. If you Leaping remember Larry, that. okay. Yeah. And what's the uh, what's the um, Twelve Days of Christmas leaping? Uh, I'm not the one leaping. to ask for that one. <laughs> leaping ladies? Is that Lords a leaping? Lords a leaping. Thank, Thank you, you, Marissa. And what number is that, Marissa? Do you know? Um, Nine Lords a leaping. Ah, uh, well, well. Marissa, while you're uh, chiming in, quick question: Ten Lords a leaping. Ten Lords a leaping. Okay. Ten lords a leaping. Marissa, if you, if you, it was eleven, you could talk. You could describe the defense as ten lords a leaping. <laughs> Marissa, would you prefer someone who has like a, a positive attitude, a smile <laughs> on their face, or someone who's who's just complaining about the world? Which one? Uh, it's not. It's not either for? or. Half glass full, so positive attitude. Thank you, Marissa. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, so yes, I've been thinking. About, I was and I was talking about this on the sideline, um, but I, I've been thinking about that you know, nickel linebacker conversation. Mm-hmm. And once again, I would I would rather have TJ Edwards prove that he can't do it than give Duke Riley another chance to prove that he can do it when he's already had three years to do that and hasn't done it yet. Yeah, so so Duke Riley, 16 career starts in, in two seasons with the Falcons, uh, but clearly fell out of favor there. They traded him, gave him away basically for, yeah, uh, I mean. for Jonathan Cyprian uh, and, and also went down in, in, the, in, the, in the draft pick. Um, TJ Edwards and Duke Riley are the top two guys for that spot. When I was, I had my hand raised virtually in, in zoom. You can raise your hand to ask Jim Schwartz a question. Yeah, your today. turn to get snuffed out. Uh, wasn't called upon, which is fine. You know, there's, there's, there's there a are, lot yeah. of reporters yeah, and everyone out. has, has, has worthy questions. Casey but had the, a little drop in on Jim Schwartz. I did. Like, I, yeah. I heard, I, I, I didn't know Schwartz was going to acknowledge that or not. Yeah. He, he didn't. was busy thinking of his baseball reference, but, um, but the question that I was going to ask Jim Schwartz was uh, you've been mixing and matching your linebackers throughout practice this summer. Is uh, is this a year when you will do that during the regular season, or do you want to settle on a top two? Uh, and so I'm, I'm curious which path he would go. I think, personally, that the Eagles might mix and match, that there's going to be some weeks when they like to match up with Edwards. There's going to be some weeks when maybe they want more speed on the field. And like we've discussed a few times, they they might have the extra safety and dime and only play one linebacker. I think that's probably right. Um, and again, then there's other guys in the mix. Like you know, it's it wouldn't be insane, I guess, for uh, Sean Bradley to get on the field. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who knows if Alex Singleton makes the team. I think probably not. But uh, it might be insane to have a, a well, not insane, but uh, unlikely for Davion Taylor to be on the field at least early on. Yeah, he's not getting on the field. Yeah. But who knows what will happen by December? Well, yeah, who knows how many of the linebackers get, you know, get COVID, and then you, you got to throw somebody out there. Talk about that sunny disposition, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, and 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 we should also give a a status report. Andre Dillard, because we talked about that uh, yes. in the podcast yesterday, was not practicing today. Day to day, upper body injury. So the day to day, it's a good sign in that this is not the type of injury, and at least in theory that will keep him out week one because he's day-to-day and there's enough time before then. Uh, but every practice is valuable for Andre Dillard. He needs those snaps at left tackle. So pay attention in these next few days to how to how long this injury lingers because you know what you want with Dillard is as, as many reps as he can get before week one. There you go. Also, 
Uh, Sidney Jones continues to be absent. Do you want to summarize uh, Jim Schwartz's answer to Sidney Jones? Because oh man, I I love honesty from coaches. You know, I like we said that 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 I uh, I tend to be a positive person, but I also value honesty, and I appreciated Jim Schwartz bringing the honesty. Let me pull it up right here because I think it was towards the end. Uh, okay. Uh, this, I mean, yeah. So, uh, Les asked the question. Uh, you know, he, he, I'd love to. I know you would love to see Sidney Jones, uh, but he's not out there. Uh, is there time for him to get back out there and show anything to you? And Jim says, uh, "Our time is starting to run short, and the only thing we can do as coaches is coach the guys that are available to practice." Which, I mean, that's that's how it starts. That's pretty much all you need to know. But he, uh, then he goes, Sid is into it. He's done a good job of staying up and everything else when he hasn't been able to practice. But as coaches, guys that are on the field are the guys that are getting the reps and the guys that are available and doing those kinds of things. And just unfortunately, he has not been there for this last week or so. There's still time, but st- but time is starting to creep in on us. We're less than three weeks away from our opener right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is uh, that is not a ringing endorsement. And it certainly sounds to me like, you know, Sidney Jones is going to have a tough time making this team. Making the team. Wow. So you interpreted that as the 53. You think that that, that says something. How can okay. you possibly keep – how can you justify keeping Sidney Jones? How could you justify it? Because – Aside from we used the second-round pick on this guy. Uh, look. Uh, really, there is no yeah. – I mean, he's not getting on the field on defense. He's not helping you on special teams. And he's not – there's no, like – there's no – there's been well, no glimmer of the him? upside. I guess this is our discussion for the second half of the show yeah. after we well, read yeah. the ads. We can but, get into but it. Like, but... Yeah, but, but like, you know, I, the, the upside, even though it's theoretical, I, I still think it's present. And he, he has made a few plays. I mean, I mean, not not a, enough to warrant a starting job. But, I mean, look, if and, and we'll get into the names thereafter. But Would you rather have Sidney Jones or Cravon LeBlanc on the team? Oof. I mean, Cravon's done more to earn a spot, but I don't view it yeah, as, as Sydney or Cravon. I mean, why can't you keep six corners? Well, you can, but then the numbers get very tough. And are okay. you keeping him over Rasul? And are you keeping him over Craig James when Craig James is a really good special yes. teams player? Yes, I am. I'm keeping him over Craig James. I, me, I am not. Okay. So, so that's that's. But I know, but I'm not. I know, but that you may not, there may not be room for either of them. I look forward to that conversation. Okay. Um, yeah. So then, uh, so Sidney Jones still out. You you mentioned Rush is still out. You mentioned um, uh, well, a big Bob still out. Marcus Epps is still out. Big old Bob. Uh, Corey Clement back. Vinny Curry back. Boston those, Scott back. Yes, Boston Scott back. So and and Lane Johnson still out day to day with the lower body. And we discussed this yesterday. Jordan Mailata taking the left tackle snaps, Matt Pryor taking the right tackle snaps. They did not move Jason Peters over to left tackle today. So if that's something you were curious to see with, with Dillard out, where they put Peters at left tackle, that did not happen. And Especially I wrote since this, it's day-to-day. Yeah, would, yeah, but Peters has not taken a left a left tackle snap this summer, correct? Not that I have seen. Yeah, yeah so now clearly they know Jason Peters can play left tackle. Right. So that's, that's not the issue. But it is uh, if if you thought that that they were looking for like any entryway into Peter's playing there, uh, they haven't exhausted that yet. Do you think we've been hard on Mylotta? 
do I think we've been hard? I, I think we've been honest about him. I, I mean, do you think? But um, we, you think we've been too? Do you like? Do you think he's been okay? No. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think he's he's been fine. Yeah, I, I don't think he's been horrible. I think I, I think Prince Takeawanogo has been better, but Prince Takeawanogo has also been been uh, down lower on the depth chart. Um, but yeah, no, I I I think Mylot has been okay. I don't think he's been good. I don't think he's he's been what he's been billed as the past two years. But uh, look, I I say this as someone who's far from being six foot eight and three hundred forty six pounds. You can't teach six foot eight. Oh, there was a good uh, there was a good shorts line today. Oh, I loved it. I yeah. loved the gym. Yeah. The only so, time uh, the only time Avante Maddox looks short is in the lunch line, and then he said, "Let's not confuse uh, being uh, short with being small." And Jim, this is. Look, I need Jim Schwartz to uh, to like be to write on, on on my book cover or something, you know, because his <laughs> his blurbs are outstanding. He once he once described Stephen Tolick back in 2016 as having natural leverage, which hmm. he said is is a is a way of a polite way of saying someone's short. So ever since then, I have said I'm not short. I just have natural leverage. Oh, there you go. I like yes. that. Uh, okay. And and now I'm gonna say, the only place that I'm short is in the lunch line. Well, that's frankly not the only place that I'm short. I'm short, <laughs> short in a lot of other places. Well, you've too. got bunnies, <laughs> just like Avante, Avante Maddox. <laughs> but uh, but the spirit of of the statement is is Avante Maddox does not carry himself like someone who's five nine, which is uh, which. Look, we are going to see. I, I mean, the reality is, no no matter how tall you try to play, if you're going up against someone who's six three. They're still six foot three, so we'll we see just, what happens. We just got a text, Zach. Uh, we are going to hear tomorrow morning for the very first time. I don't from, know if this is uh is okay from right. Skango. It sounds like yeah. Uh, there's a possibility. Yes. Yeah. Right. Most likely, yeah, most, we're going mo- to hear most, from Skango most, tomorrow. I mean, if we if it's likely. not tomorrow, that means we're going to get to talk to Skango at some point. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to that first opportunity. Anything else from uh, from practice today? No, you can check it out in the observations, but uh, but really, I, I think those were the big takeaways. There were, like you said, it was a padded practice, more competitive practice, but I don't think there were like any major big plays that that uh, we really need to hit on. Uh, well, Zach, you know we joked that uh, Doug Peterson asked everybody to take their pants off at practice but uh you know in addition to that fantasy football season is upon us and due to quarantine it's very possible that you might have i'm going to insert my own here uh jason kelsey's beard in your pants that's why our partners at manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football the lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Now, some of you may not think that you are modern men. I know that, you know, Shiel Kapadia is a modern man. He's been described as the modern man. That's why he has the uh, apparel deal with a company that I'm not going to name because <laughs> they didn't do a deal with us. Uh, the Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. Game changer. And then there's the crop preserver. The crop preserver is anti chaving chafing rather ball deodorant the crop reviver is a spray-on toner and is made with soothing aloe 
and witch hazel extracts. No idea what that is. So here's the call to action, friends. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. You mentioned fantasy football. That means uh, we're talking to people who like some skin in the game. Well, hey, it's it's Zach Speaking Berman of telling fantasy you. Football, that- you could have also gone. Uh, you mentioned ball. You could play best ball at DraftKings. Can you play? I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's Zach Berman telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should listen up. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million. I'm reading that correctly. $100 million in prizes to all of our customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you have to do is download the app and sign up using promo code TOSS then enter DraftKings free football survivor pool. Yes, it really is that easy to claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win $1 million cash prize. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free fantasy football uh, a survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon entering. While you're in that app, don't forget to check out all the great odds boosts and promotions DraftKings Sportsbook is offering every day to celebrate this week's basketball and golf action. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash prize. That's promo code TOSS to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now, Zach, a word from one more sponsor. All right, Zach, let's get into uh, what we are calling tough kookaburras, like tough cookies. Does that work? (laughs) Yes. Tough kookaburras. That's a new name game. You said you were going to get up to date on the bird puns. I did. I didn't give myself a lot of lead time. I I would say about uh, 10 minutes before the show started, I was scrambling to to do a quick 53 uh, so I could see how many locks there were and where the tough spots were. Because uh, Casey decided today that um, they wanted to do a surprise birthday cake for me. It's not my birthday, uh, but so we yeah, had to do a little. We had did a little birthday cake. June eleventh's your birthday, so yes. So uh, you know, you get you get you get two birthdays sometimes. Um, like so then I, you know, I had two minutes to think of a pun, and there we go. Tough kookaburras. Here we are. All right, let me start by giving you the. 48 players, I think, are locks. I'll go quickly through them. You tell me if you dispute them as locks or not. Okay. Okay? This is like, you know, they could have four terrible practices in a row this week, and they're still going to make the team. Or or they could get a, a, a day-to-day injury, not practice the rest of the way, and we'll still be on the team. Yes. Well, okay. yes. But okay. for some of these guys, then, you know, for instance, I have Quez Watkins as a lock. If he picks up, like, 
you know, a week to week injury, they uh, can put him on yeah. IR or something. But if I, I was thinking more like like Corey Clement in past years didn't practice preseason. Yeah, no, yeah. So, but he was still on the team. Okay, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Corey Clement, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, JJ Arthago Whiteside, Greg Ward, Quez Watkins, John Hightower. I think the six wide receivers are locked. Wow, okay. Uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Offensive line, Andre Dillard, Isaac Sayamalu, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Matt Pryor, Nate Herbig, Jack Driscoll. That's eight. Uh, Defensive line, I have eight locks. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett, Malik Jackson, Josh Sweat, Hassan Ridgeway, and Vinnie Curry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Five locks at linebacker. Nate Gary, TJ Edwards, Duke Riley, Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley. Uh, four locks, I'm sorry, three locks at corner. Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, and Nikhil Roby Coleman. And four locks at safety. Jalen Mills, Rodney McLeod, Will Parks, Kayvon Wallace, and then the three specialists. Uh, that's actually 47. So that's 47. There are six spots left. Now, um, I did not include Nate Sudfeld. Do you yes, think I was that, start do you think there. that Nate Sudfeld is a lock? Uh, I'm pausing because I'm thinking I don't want to use the term lock. I'm saying like 90%. Uh, I think in a season with with COVID, yeah, I I, I think, think you're probably right. I think they're you know, I think they are going to keep Nate Sudfeld. They they I think want, if it were yeah, a they, different season, I don't think that I think it would be possible that they win, went in with just two, but I think they are going yes. to keep Nate Sudfeld. Exactly. I mean, and and just because you, the reality is you're not just discussing injuries this year. If a player tests positive on a Thursday or a Friday, you're not going to have him for Sunday. You know, so I, I and when you're talking about the quarterbacks, I, you know, you, you you need some cushion there. It's a little different than than if you're if you're just really accounting for the injuries. So I do think that they'll go with three quarterbacks. And because they, they don't have that fourth quarterback on their practice squad, right? Uh, I would say that, yeah. I, but I don't want to term him a lock. Okay. So you consider Corey Clement a lock? I do consider Corey Clement okay. a lock. I would agree. Do you not? No, I, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, given what they have, and, and I, you know, it's still possible they bring in a – veteran uh you know we've talked about it. i don't think that's a great idea but i think it's still possible um but i think he still makes the team now you consider both Watkins and hightower to be locks i think i do interesting Can um, you explain sure uh i think they've both been very good and uh they both bring the speed that the eagles want on the back end of the roster i don't see like you know deontay burdett and marcus green have been good but it's not like they've been like though they've also been the best they've been the fifth and sixth most impressive receivers in camp maybe even more than that depending on what you think of some of the guys ahead of them uh, i think they've earned their way on in addition to the roster spots and i think that makes sense for them to keep six so let me ask you this in addition, and to, this is, in addition to the draft pick status i meant so this is a a i don't want to say it's a hypothetical it's it's something you have to discuss we don't know what alshon jeffrey's timetable is but let's say that Alshon Jeffrey could no, be back week four, week it's five. 
uh, are you putting him in pup no matter what? Are you putting him on the pup list no matter what? And just saying, take your time. Or are you preserving the possibility that he can be back before week six? And like they did in 2018, uh, keep him on the 53 until I think it was, it was the Tennessee game that year. So that was week four. It's an it's an important question, and uh, and you're right that if they think that he can be ready by you know week three or four, and they don't put him on pup, then all of a sudden maybe Watkins or Hightower does not make the team because you you don't want to keep seven receivers. I think he's going on pup. Um, I think I think he sort of needs to earn his way onto okay. the. I mean, pup is is six weeks, right? Yes. I think they uh, can. Uh, yeah, I think they the, can the wait minimum. six weeks. Okay. Even if he's going to be ready a week three or four. How about a, a quick 30-second Alshon um, uh, discussion just from reading yeah, let's do it. either either body language or uh, sideline behavior, however you want to term it. What have you made of Alshon during the past week and a half? Um, he likes to throw the ball up in the air to himself. <laughs> yes, he does. Okay. And he throws lefty. That's about all I've made of it. That's about it. Okay. I mean, he doesn't seem like – I mean, he's not a very much of a rah-rah guy to begin with, but I haven't really seen him being no, but, rah-rah but we've out seen, there, have you? But we've seen injured players who, like, sequester themselves inside, uh, train during that time. And and he's he's been around. He's maintained the presence. Uh, there have been multiple practices where I, I've seen him with Howie Roseman. Uh, I've, yeah, I've I have seen, seen him, that. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen him – chatting it up with Carson a bit. Uh, and look, if, if you're operating like with the assumption that, that the Eagles have no interest in having this guy on the team and, and he's, he's, he's only here because they can't cut him. Uh, well, you know, I, I think that they are expecting him to be a part of the football team this year. I really believe that. Well, they don't really have a choice. Well, they could. I mean, they they could put him on pup and put him on IR. You know, yeah. like they, he's he's coming off a major injury. They uh, or they could do the Ryan Matthews thing from from two thousand. But I but they're not going to eat the money, so they're obviously yeah. not going to do that. But in, but he's my point is like Ryan Matthews in two thousand seventeen. They didn't even have him around the team. Basically, I mean, Alshon is. He's he's a presence. At yeah, practice. but everybody else. I mean, there's no one on this team who is not around the the team. Today was the first day I saw Hargrave. Well, today Has, was the ha- first day. I did notice him today. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. So first. now it's common for players with injuries. To you, train you know, inside. I was struck. I think it's the first time I've seen him too because I was actually struck by he doesn't. He's not tall. No, he's not. Yeah. He's, not. he's more stouter. Yeah. Yeah. Or on the, on the stouter side. He has natural leverage for a defensive tackle. Yeah, he's not. Let's not confuse uh, small or short with small. No, it's not at all. Do that. Yeah. Um, yes. All right. All right. So that was more than thirty seconds. But I, I think Alshon. I, I also think he's he's going to start the season on 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 pup. But at some point, they're going to have to decide. Now, now maybe Deshaun's hurt. Maybe someone else is hurt. Who knows? But uh, having seven receivers on the roster is something they're going to have to think about. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, okay. So that, so uh, that was 45 locks. If you count Sudfeld, my initial math was off. The uh, spreadsheet was Fakakta, uh, my own fault. Some other ones that I, uh, so you, so, you, so, uh, so here are the, here are the, there are a couple, uh, spots where, uh, there are a couple spots where someone from this position is going to, is going to make the team. And then there are 
sort of the floating end of the roster where it could come from anywhere. So I only have, let's start a corner uh, because I think this is probably the most, I think this and defensive end are the most uh, difficult decisions they have. And these are the the spots where I think there, there were guys entering camp who they would have liked to give the job to. And there are people who are making the job difficult for them. Uh, on the other side so you've got I've got three corners and they're going to keep at least five right so Slay Maddox and Roby Coleman are on the team that leaves Sidney Jones Rasul Douglas Cravon LeBlanc Craig James and uh, Michael Jaquette I think it's Jaquette uh, for two probably probably two spots one two or three spots really all right. So now you also have to say. bring in yeah. the safeties because it's the whole defensive backfield because uh, there's four safeties who are locks, and then there's still Rudy Ford, Marcus Epps, Graylin Arnold, and Elijah Riley who could make the team. So I think you're probably getting no more than uh, no more than nine or ten defensive backs. You see, I'm I'm putting know. six corners and five linebackers on my 53 right now. You're putting six corners. Six corners, four safeties, five linebackers, and then. Uh, nine defensive linemen. So you're keeping, you're keeping Sydney Cravon and Rasul is my is my guess, and you're not keeping at, Craig James. at this point. Yes, and you're at not keeping point. Rudy Ford. I'm not keeping Rudy so Ford, Rudy even Ford though he's and, Rudy Ford and Craig James are first team specialists on uh, in practice. In practice, correct. Both of them. correct. Yes. Okay. Correct. You're whacking both of them. Yes. Okay. I mean, these are their difficult decisions. Why, like, why you're going to keep? Two corners in Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas, who are not great special teamers. Sidney Jones barely does it at all, and like you, you know that they're not good. Well, here's the thing: what if Darius Slay gets hurt? Well, that's that's the roster construction. Then what? Then you just it. have, I mean, then you just have nickels, basically. No, you know, like, you, like if if you have if if you have Maddox, Roby Coleman, LeBlanc, and Craig James, okay. You have four nickels. Well, there. Craig James is an outside corner. Okay, he has. Been um, he doesn't play inside yeah, with the yeah. Eagles. Um, but uh, but and don't you dare call him short. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's true, but I, I think I, I, and and Maddox is an outside corner too. But I'm just saying in terms of like that type of playing, like Rasul Douglas has he's he's what he is basically. You know, I, I think he's a. He's a backup cornerback for you who who can he can step in and, and and play two or three games. You don't want him as your starter, but I think you can do worse for your fifth or sixth corner. And you talk about um you talk about special teams. He led the team in special team snaps last year. Or was was up there for special team snaps right. last year. I also um, think that he is a good he's a good um, you know, guy in the room. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna call him an energy suck, but like Sidney Jones is not the most raw, uh, raw guy who's like gassing everybody up. I don't know. Yeah, so so a a Sidney Jones trade you cannot rule out, you know. And and as you see in this fifty three, there are spots that they're thin elsewhere. Uh, I'm I'm not saying that he's a lock to be on the team, but cutting Sidney Jones outright, like you need to be utterly convinced that this is not going to work out here. You're are you not? I'm not utterly convinced of it. No. Now I am. I am skeptical. I am pessimistic. 
I don't believe, you know, I, I think that a change of scenery can benefit both parties. Frankly, I thought last season that change of scenery, I, I thought at the end of last season, I thought this made sense for an offseason trade because sometimes, I mean, similar to Nelson Aguilar, sometimes both sides need that clean breakup. Uh, but I am, I'm not ready to say like Sidney Jones can't be a starter in the NFL. And I think I'm that, ready to say that. Okay. Well, that's where you and I could disagree. Uh, fair. I mean, I mean, fair minds can differ. Uh, but I think that if I had to choose between Sidney Jones and, and Craig James, and I say all the time that every player needs to serve a role and I, I get that. And I get Craig James can serve more of a role in special teams. That's why he was active over Jones last year. But sometimes you also need to look at it at the upside of a player. And I still believe Jones has more upside. I think that right now, Craig James would make the team over Sidney Jones. Okay. Okay. Now, again, this is, uh, this is more difficult because you're also taking the safeties into account. Rudy Ford, uh, they like, and, you know, he can actually play a little bit of safety. And then there's also Graylin Arnold, who uh, has been getting a lot of a lot of gas up. And then, you know, my boy Elijah Riley is not going to make the team. He's, he's going to the practice squad. But, you know, after that, he'll be an all-pro. Uh, but that's – so we get, into the, we get into that discussion. You don't think that Rudy Ford is on? I don't, but the special team snaps are something one needs to consider. And – the fact that he's first team, uh, you know, on punt return right now is, is or or punt coverage, I, I should say, is is something to consider. So the other uh, headline, I think, roster decision is what they do at defensive end, because, mm-hmm. and along the defensive line. But uh, I think that the d- four defensive tackles, Cox, Barnett, Hargrave, and Ridgeway, I think those guys are set. I think Anthony Rush is cut, and I think Raquan Williams is going to the practice squad. Um, and then I think you've got the the four the top four defensive ends: Graham, Barnett, Sweat, and Curry. And I think they're going to keep two of the next four guys. And uh, that that uh, race between those four guys is very interesting. It's Joe Osman, Jannard Avery, Sharif Miller, and Casey Tuhill. And you've got two guys who are never going to be full-time defensive ends in Osman and Avery because of their size. Apologies uh, for the continued size discussion, but those are, <laughs> those are bit players. Um, and you can, you know, talk about how effective you think they'll be, but they're, they're not guys who are going to, you know, if, if, uh, if one of the starting defensive ends gets hurt, it's not like those guys are going to be able to fill in for those guys. And then you've got Sharif Miller and Casey Tuhill, And then you get into the conversation of what is more, important for Howie in his mind to protect? Is it the fourth-round pick used on Sharif Miller or the fourth-round pick used to acquire Jannard Avery? Uh, what do you think of Casey Tuhill's upside? You know, Do you think that Sharif Miller has real upside? So um, you think they're going to keep six? I, th- I think six. but I I'm, think six, I'm too. S- I also think it will be six. I, I'm, I'm going to give Howie Roseman credit in this area. He has done... Um, a better job than I would have expected being willing to cut his losses on his draft picks in the past few years. He cut Donnell Pumphrey um, after after one year with the team. True. Uh, he he cut Clayton Thorson, a fifth-round pick, True. out of camp last year. Um, they cut Nate Gary as a fifth-round pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they cut Nate Gary as, as, as a fifth-round pick. He's been willing to do that, and uh, that is... Uh, 
that's not something that a lot of general managers are, are willing to do. You know, there was uh, when I well, will uh, he do it with Sidney Jones? That's really the test. That that's going to be interesting. And the second round pick is a different conversation. Now you go back to 2012 season when they cut Jaquan Jarrett af- after one year. Mm. And uh, that was the second Jeez, round pick. What a bad and, pick, gosh. And the, I, I remember that press conference with Andy Reid uh, on the field on a Friday, I believe it was, uh, talking about that decision. So, yeah, so that's that's going to be – it's going to be real interesting to see what they do with that. Do you think that uh, Ostman makes it over Avery? Let's say Let's say it's between those two guys. Based on the eyes, yes. Based on the value, no. I think that uh, of those four guys, the guy who has done the least to earn a job is Jannard Avery, I think, yes. by a long shot. And we should say he left practice today. Yes. Uh, we, don't, we don't know the nature of the injury yet, but he did leave practice. Um, I don't know. I think that – I actually think that Sharif Miller is going to make the team. I can certainly see it. I I mean, I'm predicting Sharif Miller to make the team now, but I do need to see. I do. Need you, to so see you Sharif your your two place. right now is is Ostman and Sharif or Avery and Sharif? No, Avery and Sharif. Okay, interesting. And no two hill. No two hill, but I I actually I like the way two hills played, so I I can see two hill over one of them, but I I'm not going Ostman right now. Okay. All right. Well, let's say you get those two. That's that is I think the decision that is going to. Uh, keep them up the most. Keep Howie up the most, because at corner, I think he he knows wh- whether we know the answer to the Sidney Jones question. I think in his mind, he has to know the answer by now, as to whether they're going to want to force him onto the team or not. Yes, he. Yeah, I, I don't think un- unless Sidney Jones comes back in the next few days and there's enough of a sample size to to demonstrate some type of health and improvement. I don't think we're going to see anything over the next week and a half that's going to significantly sway the balance one way or the other. So that's a decision that would have to be made already that you're committed to seeing this through for another year. These are the the tough kookaburras, you know? Yes. Um, Okay. Uh, One of the other spots here that is open, they're going to keep at least uh, nine offensive linemen, maybe ten, but there's at least one more open spot here because I have eight after the starters, Pryor, Herbig, and Driscoll. Uh, there's at least one spot for Mylotta, Opeta, Juriga, and Prince Tego Inogo, assuming that Julian Goodjones is is not really um, an option. And, you know, fair to say that I, I think to my boy, Sua, he's not going to be getting that spot over those other guys either. Uh, I, th- I would agree with I that. think the real question is, is Mylotta or Tego Inogo? It's actually just Winogo as his last name. Yes, so, Mil- Prince Tego is the first name. Mylotta or Winogo? I would go Winogo. I don't know about this one. Uh, I would go Winogo too. I'm not so sure that they're ready to give up on Mylotta. And you could go. No, you clearly know, not. They have him with the first team right now. Yeah, I mean, you could. There's room here also to keep both of them. Um, that gives you 24 guys on offense, and we haven't gotten to the discussion of whether there is needs to be a third tight end or a fourth running back. Like. You could borrow from one of those. The Eagles have kept two, two tight ends in the past. I think three And it has come back ends, to bite them. Backs. You think three tight ends and three running backs? Yes, I don't think they need the fourth running back. I think they, they only carry the fourth running back 
if it's a guy like let's say like a Killens who who they have designs for for a certain role. I think otherwise, like running backs are fairly fungible. Yeah, fourth running backs. You don't have you Holyfield know, if, on the team. Not, I yeah. don't. Um, I mean, Holyfield wasn't on a team last year. Look, he was on the practice yeah. squad all year last year. No one's seeing him this summer. Like, is is someone gonna be so compelled to sign him now to their to their active roster? Yeah, I don't think so. So that's that's the kind of stuff you have to think about. Like, like I I I do think that Winogo and and Mailata are are guys who will be signed somewhere else. Uh, and I say that the the lines you you very seldom can get a promising lineman through the practice squad. Uh, look last year, Brett Toth. You know the Eagles cut him. He yeah. was he was claimed elsewhere. Uh, I think the the smaller the player, you know the skill spot, you can sneak those guys in more. I think that you you go heavier with the heavier. Well, the more premium position too. I think it's yes. yeah, it's not less about exactly. size, but. Um, yeah. I think that's right, and you know we've talked about the uh, the difficulty of this summer is, uh, or maybe it's the the advantage for teams is because there's no preseason games. You know, guys who weren't brought to camp with hype around them, even if they're ha- even if they're doing a great job, they're not going to get claimed. Like you know, let's say let's say that Elijah Riley, in another year, has done enough in camp. Um, that he would that he's good enough to make the team and uh because there's no preseason there's no film on him no one's going to go out and put a, a roster spot on a guy who had a you know a $10,000 guaranteed uh ro- un- undrafted rookie deal like that's not going to happen so you are you are safe to just assume that you're going to get him on your practice squad maybe not the case with the Graylin Arnold or Luke Jiriga guys who got six figure uh guarantees but certainly not with uh, draft picks and you know guys like Mylata who has had a lot of hype. So I think you're right, um, and that I mean, could come into it. that could come into play with like, uh, you know, you let's say you keep Mylata and Winogo, so you have to go letter somewhere else. You know, you don't you don't you probably don't need to even keep Tangiai as the third tight end because you can go in with two. And if somebody gets banged up during the week, you can just pull Tangiai up from the practice squad. Or, you know, you don't you certainly don't need to use, you know, use a roster spot on a on a sixth linebacker or uh, you know, I don't know. Uh another yeah. another corner. I don't know. I don't think that it it makes sense to cut Winogo. A a guy who started thirty two games at Auburn who uh who has that type of athletic profile at left tackle. Um, if you're stashing him on IR, that's, that's, that's one thing. Right. I am not exposing him to, to the practice squad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Anything else that you, no. uh, that you need to get yeah. into here? I know you've got an hour. No, no. Yeah, no, I, I am, I'm sorry. We're doing these daily pods though, so we can get a, a lot out there, but I am 15 minutes, uh, behind my schedule here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's not the. That's vague enough, so it could just be like you, you've scheduled a six o'clock bike ride. No, 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 no. I, I, uh, no. Okay. No, nothing like that. Trip to uh, trip to Asia. <laughs> nope, nope, not that either. All right. Well, that'll uh, that'll do it for this episode then of a very football heavy episode of Birds with Friends. I think the listeners are going to be furious at the lack of uh, tangents, but nevertheless, 
we continue and we'll be back again tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday with our, our daily pods. So for uh, the rest of the employees here at Birds with Friends, I am myself. And thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.